I'm Dino Busalaki, the Chief Technology Officer and OT Guy at Delta Technology. Hi, I'm Jim, the COO and IT Guy. And I'm Craig Duckworth, President and CEO. You're listening to the Industrial Cybersecurity Insider Show. In each episode, we bring you the inside scoop on the world of industrial cybersecurity. We talk about everything you don't know. That you should know. So plug in and power up. The show's about to get started. Hi, my name is Dino Busalaki, and I'm the Chief Technology Officer for Velta Technology. And today we have Jim Cook, the COO of Velta Technology. Thanks for joining this podcast where we're going to talk about uh, what are we talking about today, Dino? So today we're going to talk about the value of having particular tool sets that are continuously monitoring your industrial control system environment, or also known as the OT environment, operational technology. And we've got a very specific use case we wanted to go through on how organizations who use these tools are able to determine whether their industrial control systems have been impacted by breaches that are being found in the IT environment. And so what we want to talk about is a particular one that, that you're familiar with, Jim. So I'll let you take it from there to tell the audience how they got hurt, how it all started, and what we were able to do to help them continue running their manufacturing facility. Yeah, this one I like. It's a case study. It's so much is out there where we're trying to make the case for the OT cybersecurity based upon the FUD, the fear, uncertainty, doubt, these terrible things that might happen. But I like this case study because it's one of the few that you don't see out there, like the success story, right? The payback of the whole thing. Why are we doing this? So few opportunities are out there to communicate because everyone wants to keep it protected. But in this particular case that I'm very familiar with, as you are too, it's a client we've worked with for years and finally got breached it's a good story to tell. It was a good story to tell. Well, I think it's the client. And what they do is fairly, da- I mean, it's dangerous stuff, right? I mean, what they do, I mean, if you think of Colonial Pipeline, and we'll get to that in a little bit down the road here, part of this conversation, but they make stuff that can go boom. Right, right, right. This is our story. This is firsthand knowledge, uh, anyone listening to this. This isn't one where everybody talks about something else that happened. This is a company that we've got a good relationship with. Of course, we don't want to disclose, but the basics are there. They really focus on the precision of what they have to do, the quality of the product that they produce. But yet, as Dino said, it can go boom. It's a dangerous environment out there. And it was important to them when we first started working with them. They knew that they had some exposures and they needed the tool set. They needed the know-how. They needed help building it out, and they need help managing it because they don't have the resources to do that. So it's such a great story to tell from that standpoint, if they ever listen to this, they're great people to work with too. They're fun. Because when you get around class one, div one sites, I've worked in those. I worked for a very large adult beverage manufacturer. We had distillation areas and alcohol. We had those in grain, quite frankly. So we had to worry about things that could blow up. And so from a safety perspective, we had to make sure that we had the proper PPE and documentation and other signs around to make sure that you were bringing electronics into that space. And now we've connected these environments to an extent of, well, now how do you make sure that there's safety around that stuff and that digital footprint? Right. And that's what makes it such a great story to tell because they were thinking ahead and they said, hey, we know we have some risk here. We have concerns with our exposures. 
how do we move us forward? How do we become more resilient? How do we protect against the cybersecurity space? And it started with the OT visibility. They didn't have the visibility on that floor for all of that equipment that was controlling it. They didn't have network monitoring. They didn't have continuous monitoring. They didn't understand what type of vulnerabilities they had. They also didn't have a strong OT remote access into the environment. It was a bit wide open. All the things that they really wanted to tighten down and address and put a process in place so that they could continuously improve and get better every year. Right. Well, and then there's sometimes there's that disconnect between IT and OT and the responsibility, too, because a lot of these safety measures, when it comes to an environment such as this, sometimes IT doesn't really have a role in that per se. If anything, they're probably more interested in saying, let me put a firewall in just so I can protect myself from them. And maybe I think I'm doing a good job of trying to protect them from things that we're doing on our side. But as we both know, these environments are very dynamic. They're not static, as many people think. So there's a lot of holes poked in that firewall. So how can you tell if something is seeping down into your control system environment or vice versa? How do you think something's not seeping out of the control system environment and going up through your enterprise? So what you were able to do through the analysis and the tools that you had was to help give them the state of the state, even though they knew they had been breached, right? Right. Well, and then what was important was the groundwork that was done in advance. What was the state of the state? What was that baseline? How are things supposed to be running? What's normal? Because of their process and their manufacturing process, it's continuous manufacturing process. So even if they're going home at night, those machines are still running. They're still processing. So it was an easy leap for them to go, well, our machines are still processing. Shouldn't we be watching them constantly? Fortunately, they were making the right decisions along the way that these were in place. They understood that baseline. They understood what was normal. What is that normal operation? Because when it becomes abnormal, that's something that they need to address. They need to address it in their manufacturing process because they have a high quality level that they have to produce. So they're used to having to adjust their set points when the weather changes or the environment changes. So this was important to them, not only in the manufacturing process, but they knew to extrapolate it over to their cybersecurity side. So ultimately, well, I guess we can get to the story of what actually happened. Yeah, I think we're ready for that. I hope we teased it enough. We're going, okay, guys, shut up and let's talk about what went down, what went down. I'll do the quick overview. I mean, it came from a phishing email. These phishing emails are out there. This is how it started. Everybody gets phishing emails. This is one of the things that I just don't know how, you know, this is always going to be a risk because it's a lot easier to steal someone's keys than to hack the keys in this case. If you can just keep going. Uh, somebody's going to make a mistake along the way and hand their keys out. And in this case, they even made the leap. We had worked with them to do full MFA. So they have MFA, but they, like many other companies, work remotely at times. And in the evening hours, there was a fairly high level person that got an email, looked very legitimate. When I ultimately saw it, you had to look very, very closely. But when you got tired eyes, somebody's going to click it. They're going to try and sign on. And they thought it was an error with the MFA sign on in the evening and said, oh, something's wrong with my computer. I'm just going to go to bed. They fortunately brought it up in the morning and said, hey, I had this weird thing signing on. And we're like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? So, well, it was a weird thing. Let's start explaining what weird was. And we went through and we said, you know what? 
This requires some investigation. So we got into it and got a hold of the actual logs of the sign-on. And sure enough, it was accessed. And this person ultimately gave up the MFA credentials and actually handed it off. And someone else across the globe got the sign-on got the sign on, changed the, the password, got in, and we checked the logs. And from when she went to bed to the morning, this was happening. They were logging on from a foreign country. And this was all within a 10-hour window or something. Alert the, well, not alert the media, but <laughs> let's alert the business and go, okay, it's time for true response here. Let's investigate. This is a real thing. Somebody logged on. And with that trail of who was connected when they were connected the geolocation were like well no i didn't sign on after midnight well this thing's coming in from somewhere across the globe signing on after midnight and we went through the entire process and we're able to examine what they took a look at and confirm that they didn't get into the ot Right. We were able to trace that through with the different remote access controls that were out there with the uh, actual sign on and said it unfortunately didn't make it into the OT process. What that was able to do, and this is the big one for the OT listeners out there, the OT listeners out there, they avoided this costly shutdown. You read any of these breaches that are out there and what they always release and what did they say? What did they say out there? They say, well, we had to shut down operations out of the abundance of safety. That was our precaution. That was and the Colonial that, Pipeline, right? That's yeah. what they end up having to do because they couldn't validate whether this malware had gone any further than what IT already had known in their environment. And it's not just shutdown, it's also losing product. So if you have to start sewering your product or destroying product, it becomes a really costly adventure. The audit trails are relevant for remote access and also asset inventory and, again, continuous monitoring of these assets. Because even though this was a phishing email and Windows-based, those machines in that OT environment, you got your HMIs down there, you got your engineering workstations, you got your historians, you got your application servers. There's a whole bevy of Windows assets running inside that OT environment. And people sometimes, I think they tend to just forget about that. You guys know it's down there, but the IT guys tend to want to ignore what that stuff is. Right. Well, we see it all the time, right? right. We're opening panels, we're looking in, we're like, that's a computer in there. Right. That's a Windows, <laughs> full-blown Windows machine. Right? It's Windows in there. Machine center, right. <laughs> and that doesn't have any protection if you're not doing the right thing, right? right. Fortunately, it's connected to your TLC, right? right? It's connected right. to the PCs, right. it's got access to the drives. I mean, there's, again, in most organizations, in my view, that's where we see this disconnect between IT and OT is those specific technologies that are inside those machine centers that run those manufacturing facilities are where we see this disconnect between IT and OT, in my opinion. Yeah. They can get on the same page for networking the best they can, firewall somewhere in the mix best they can, but it's really understanding the operational aspect or OT adoption, as we like calling it, on what's going on inside that industrial control system environment. Right. That's one of the things that I like to always bring out. What would have happened had we not been there? Well, one, who knows that it could have been days, it could have been weeks before somebody discovers, well, hang on, somebody else is signing on as this person. Well, how long have they been in there? And then where did they go? And for this particular operation, had they not had that confirmation, even if they hadn't gotten there, they had no way to confirm it because of the safety nature of what mm -hmm. they do. That particular facility, they would have had to say, whoa, time out. What do you mean it's not in there? 
what do you mean you can't tell me whether or not? What do we have to do? And it's like, well, they could be in there. They could be not. Well, if they're not in there, that's great. But it's going to take us a while to figure it out. Well, that's where that abundance of caution comes in. And you got to shut down the whole operation and all the things that fall out of that. Like you said, you got a sewer and you got all your material waste and you got to do the full shutdown because it has a, it's a continuous process that they were running. So just that domino effect of not knowing it would have been a very, very costly event. I mean, beyond just a planned shutdown where they can run everything out and then bring a controlled shutdown, this would be immediate shutdown. We can't even validate whether somebody had impacted the goods that are in process. So you got to shut everything down so that you can go through and clear so that you can go through and clear the entire system. And just the costs are just phenomenal. That's even if they didn't get in there, you still have to go through that process. The other thing I was to talk about, too, is the just remote access, because OT applications don't have application-level security measures on them, right? You're talking about MFA. And there are tools that are specific for the OT environment that we have today right. that can do that. So for right. those organizations out there who think just because they got a VPN in place, which is how they grant access to their control system environment, it was woefully inadequate. Right. Anybody right. who thinks right. that that's an okay methodology to gain access to the control system environment, again, demonstrates how little they know about that space. Just because right. they're giving you some encrypted tunnel into their environment, they're calling it a day and they think that's good. Right. There's no password vaulting. There's no recording of the conversation between that end user and that control system environment. There's no MFA. And there's things that OT remote access tools, secure remote access, for example, that are available today. It's like, why aren't you using the best tools to be able to secure and protect that environment. It goes back to something you hear me say all the time. Are you executing the same amount of due diligence to secure and protect those control systems as you do the enterprise? And if you're not doing that, why aren't you doing that? Yeah. And in this case, they had those tools. They had that ability yes. to be proactive in their actions, have them in place. They had MFA into their OT environment, MFA into their IT. They have all these things, but you have to have that multi-layer defense. You've got to be proactive about putting these things into place and have a process around it so that when someone has something as innocuous as an email that looked like the other 50 emails that were in the mailbox that day, as this person was running through the email, they had to be have that some of that awareness to go, one, have the awareness to say, something doesn't seem right here last night. Can you guys check it out? And two, there had to be a process in place for that response. So not that someone would say, well, last week I had that problem too. It was something happened last night. It was a little wonky. Can you guys check it out? Those tools are in place. The audit logs are in place. They're being proactive. They've got the MFA. They've got the OT security. They've got the monitoring and all these things line up so that you could go through all the checks and balances and say, okay, this is exactly what happened. Fortunately, the ability was in place. The capability was in place to respond quickly, to validate it, to confirm it, to minimize any impact at all. And for us, which like we've mentioned, that OT security, that's our space, that's our core competency. We love it. It's like that thing paid off. Years, everything that they invested before is a great point. thing, right? That's a really good point is the technology and services that were in place that thwarted them having to do loss of product and having to go through an expensive shutdown pays for the, this, these activities and services and technologies several times over. Now, this right. from one event, right? right? I would also argue, you know, that's an external threat in this particular case 
We also witness a lot of internal threats that cause a lot of disruption on the plant floor that aren't witnessed because these types of tools aren't in place that would help really improve operational efficiencies, process integrity in these manufacturing facilities. And for those clients that are starting to engage in this journey are starting to recognize that because now they've got eyes on things that they haven't really been managing as closely as they thought they were. And even remote access that they think that's not in the whole air gap conversation that, that still pops up. It's like you don't want to embarrass anybody who makes that statement, but it's very, very rare that we would ever come across somebody who does not have some outside access in that environment that they are just either either aware of it because the plants decided to put their own pipe in, regardless of what corporate says, because they don't want to wait on IT for support, or the OEMs or system integrators have done it to them, and they're not aware of it. Right, right. Yeah, and I want to just take that, roll that into that payback part. This is the happy story. <laughs> this is the payback. These things are always hard to quantify by saying, and it's like, well, we've been working with them for years, putting these things into place for years. They made the investment. They knew it was the right thing to do. And they were able to go to the board and go, oh, by the way, just missing this one shutdown, whether external threat or internal threat, these are all uh, this disruption. It Paid for everything that we've done over the past few years and for the next few years, too. Yeah, there's value, right? right? Which is what most clients are always asking for when we start in these discussions is what's in it for me and what value does it bring? And a lot of it depends on who you're talking to initially when these discussions begin. For the CISO and the CIO, what does it mean for them? and the value for them, the risk that they're trying to avoid and understand that they have. And for the OT people out there who don't recognize things that can impact them. There's other greater things out there besides a machine failure that shuts down that they've got to fix where they've lost time and money or had to lose product versus, well, now it could be a digital threat. Yeah, I want to touch on that real quick because the different executives, they have different perspectives and how they have to justify it. I'm going to start with the CISOs and CIOs that you mentioned because there's a liability in place. Like, are you doing the proper level of care, duty of care, however you want to refer to it? Ignoring it is not the answer. And we're starting to see potential liability, whether it's board of directors, whether it's role liability, whether it's personal liability on someone that's not an acting, they're not acting on something, right. they're not moving it forward, are they get trying to get better? That's one big issue. The other issue with it, like the CEOs are always focused on, well, what's my payback? What's my what's that risk of value? And I always and say, look, compliance, am I meeting right, compliance? Yeah. Am, I, am I good enough? Without even recognizing how much compliance you're missing. I would add, even on the CEO side, they have to start thinking about, okay, well, I'm building value, which is usually what the CEOs and the the business leaders are focused on. Well, I'm on building value. What's the payback? You also have to start thinking about, am I protecting my value? It's just as important protection of value there is payback there. And in this case, we protected value. Imagine that business disruption and the cost of this business. It would have been very, very impactful to their business on what would take, what it would cost, and the disruption and the materials, and not only the disruption of the manufacturing process, but they're turning this product pretty quickly, disruption to their customers, whatever that supply chain was, and even ultimately enacting the cyber insurance that may or may not pay everything out because of that. And you start looking at that. Right. Right. We can't get cybersecurity insurance. 
Right. And their insurance would only pay for so much because in this case, let's just think about the business disruption. And you look at the cyber insurance. If you read your cyber insurance, the cyber insurance doesn't cause business interruption. It covers the costs of the digital pieces that are damaged along the way and that you have to recover, but not the business. And that rolls over in your commercial insurance. And you never know whether or not you have that insurance or you have that coverage and what that true impact is. Still gets better. It goes back to if you're doing the right things and you're getting better, you're going to be in a better position to be resilient as a business. And I consider that value protection as much as it's important to do value generation or generating new value for your business. You got to protect what you have. And that was the payback. They were protected what they had. It's a very, very real case, very, very common case when it comes to a phishing and credentials compromise. And it shows like you've got to have that defense in depth all the way. You can't just say, hey, the firewall's up because somebody's coming in, they stole the keys from someone and they're getting in. And that firewall doesn't know that they're stolen keys. There's those multi-layers that have to be in place. I would say also that taking the position of plausible deniability today is a position that will get you canned if you're not doing your due diligence. There's companies you could point to right now, one of them that makes bleach and kitty litter that went through that just here recently. And And we know many. And those folks that took that approach of plausible deniability that if I don't know what I don't know, then it's not my problem. And we're seeing in that particular case that it's not paying off at the executive level. Heads are rolling in that case as well. I think that's a reasonable response to it. Well, before you could point and say, well, we don't have the technologies and solutions to deal with that. You can't say that anymore. Right. right? I mean, we were recently talking to a company here just in the last 48 hours, big company, food industry, hasn't even looked at these tools, hasn't even scratched the surface. You're talking something that's almost a decade in that this has been going on. So it's like, where you been? Yeah, we've seen it. Public companies are impacted by these cyber events. So it's a widespread damage, but you can't ignore it. You got to be able to address it, as you always say. Are you following the same due diligence that you are in your IT and your IT? That's the key question, right? And the C-suite needs to be asking their team, are we doing that? They just ask IT. They need to ask those OT leaders the same question. Right. Right. And they need to get out of that filter. That's what I always say. Everybody says, well, we're air gapped. And it's like, okay, well, air gap always has the quotes around it. Air gaps, very rare, rare instances. Is it real? And then, well, no, no, but we have a firewall. And it's like, okay, I'm pretty sure all those companies that we mentioned that have been breached, I haven't seen a study on it, but I'm pretty sure it's 100%, you know, had a firewall, but yet they're still breached. And it's, you know, just that common conception of defense and depth and get better. We understand that this stuff has been out on the floor for 25 years. We understand that this stuff is done. That's what we're talking about. And there's tools, there's methods, there's approaches. But what you need to do is get better. And if you're not getting better, you better ask your team, why not? Because there's ways to get safer sooner. And if you don't know what OT means or who you are, if you're not in IT and you work in manufacturing, you're OT. So those folks that struggle with what OT means, anything has to do with making goods in that plant, running those manufacturing facilities, you're OT. From plant manager all the way down to the operator on the line, to the QA person, whoever the fork trip operator, that's your OT team. We all know who IT is. I don't think going to question that. For those that are still miffed about what OT means, that's you.
Right. So we're getting the queue. Dino, always a pleasure when you let me join. Yeah. Looks coming. <laughs> looks coming. Be proactive, not reactive. Right. 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 You can't manage what you're not measuring. Take those steps to get safer sooner. And maybe Dino will have me back on one of his many podcasts or others. Appreciate you joining and thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to the Industrial Cybersecurity Insider Podcast. To stay up to date with our latest episodes, be sure to click the follow or subscribe button now. And if you found this podcast helpful or have a topic you'd like us to cover, please leave us a review or let us know. If you're interested in learning more about Velta technology and how you can get safer sooner, visit veltatech.com. That's V-E-L-T-A tech.com. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.